Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Everybody and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy I'm Wednesday. wearing my rest of Toad Face shirt just for you guys. I love it. The original, love- the one and only. If you know, <laughs> you know. Yep. And you could have your own if you just go over to our uh, merch store over at Etsy. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh I, this has been fun this last week or two. I've had a few husbands buying True Crime Squad merch for their wives for Christmas. Ah, nice. With some questions and requests and things. And it's just really fun. I'm like, I love that. You you have us on your Christmas list. It's pretty fun. That's cool. That is yeah. Cool. We love every second of it. Uh, and guess what happened? What? I got this in the mail yesterday. What? A juror qualification questionnaire for Madison County. Well, good fucking luck because Bonneville County didn't want one thing to do with me. <laughs> I told Scott, I'm not going to put on the questionnaire. I'm just going to say I'm a podcaster. Is that enough? Probably not. That's what I put. <laughs> got me booted. I so want to serve on a jury. And then there's a part of it that's like, are you new here? Why would you want to serve on a jury? You wouldn't be able to work. That would be not that'd be bad. Uh, There's a lot of reasons why I should not. Health-wise, I probably should not be on a jury, but damn, I want to be on a jury. I know. I really like to watch the process work. I like to learn Uh about the inner workings of of the, you know, criminal justice process. And honestly, I was kind of hurt that they didn't let me do it because I can be fair. Sure. This was not a case I was covering, you know? I didn't know anything about the case that I was called for, but whatever. I know. You know, so they, they villainize us true crimers, think we, you know, are rabid and hateful or whatever, but we're actually not. <laughs> Lots of us just actually really are fans of the criminal justice system and want to see it work correctly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll fill it out and send it in today, but I'm not holding my breath. Because remember when I got called to federal jury duty? Yes. They didn't want me either. Actually, I want to be on a grand jury. I would yes. love to sit on a grand jury. But anyway, it's fine. It's probably fine. But I was so excited. And Scott goes and gets the mail and he comes in and he's like, are you ready? You got something in the mail. You're going to freak out. And I'm like, <laughs> somebody send me a card, some money. Like, what is it? <laughs> jury duty. Okay. <laughs> now, most people would not see that as like an exciting moment, but <laughs> I know. we are who we are. I guess I'll just have to keep, you know, learning from the outside looking in because they're never letting me in. But we'll find out. We'll try. We'll try. This is Madison. Who knows? Right. Maybe it'll be different. 
Okay. I don't know how much research they do, but yeah. if they Google your name and podcaster, <laughs> it's all going to come out in, in the public eye. That's, That's I'm pretty sure what happened to me. <laughs> probably true. Yeah. Well, we'll try. Well, anyway, this is our Wednesday episode. We're going to be back tonight at 7 p.m. for case updates. And there's a bunch mm-hmm. of them. Holy muck, Ethan Crumbly and so many others. Oh, there's a boy. bunch going it's- on. Yeah. Actually, all the Crumblies have been in court this week. So that and a lot more stuff. So we'll be we will be here at 7 p.m. this evening. Mm-hmm. But for now, we have a packed episode right here and now. So, Christy, yes, I'm going to kick do. the mic over to you to kick us off with a crime news update. Yes. Sometimes you just <laughs> click the wrong damn graphic, don't you? <laughs> that dead. was me today. Sorry. <laughs> this is not serial killer news. This is crime news update. And this is an update in the Crystal Rogers, uh, well, they're calling it now a murder case. Mm-hmm. There has been a third arrest. Meet Steve Lawson. Steve Lawson is the father of Joseph Lawson. And we know Joseph was arrested back in May. Well, apparently, so was Steve. And then Steve agreed to cooperate with law enforcement. And so he was released. And so we didn't actually, it didn't hit the news that he had been arrested and he had some kind of an immunity deal. And it was not long after that, that Brooks Hauk, boyfriend of giant trash can toilet brush, thank you, EIC, boyfriend of and always you know suspected by everyone with a half a brain as who murdered crystal rogers so now steve lawson has been re-arrested and it appears as though investigators are not so sure that the information that steve gave them initially was uh, was the whole story or honest because now they are talk they seem to be walking back this immunity his attorney had said that the arrest did not come as a surprise because he has been interrogated again recently and that they seem to be backing off on their agreement to give him immunity. Mm-hmm. His attorney is saying, we still believe that he has immunity. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so the indictment states that he agreed to aid one or more persons in the planning or commission of the death of another and then destroyed, mutilated, concealed, removed, or altered physical evidence on July 3rd or July 4th of 2015, which is when Crystal Rogers disappeared. So the thinking was that um, Joseph Lawson and now Steve Lawson assisted Brooks Hauk and potentially others because there are potentially other people who may also be charged. Um, Some people think it will be uh, Brooks's brother, Nick, that that the Lawson's actually assisted in the disposal of Crystal uh, Rogers' body. But now he's being held as a part of the murder itself as well. And his bond is set at $500,000 cash. So we're not really sure what's happening because that really wow. walks back the idea that he just assisted in the disposal of the body. Mm-hmm. So apparently uh, he may have been involved. It sounds like with 
using heavy equipment in the burying of her body. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure what's happening because, you know, it, it appears that his cooperation may have been what helped them to be able to arrest Brooks Hauk. Mm-hmm. But now maybe they're looking at that um, Steve Lawson had more to do with this, with the actual murder of Crystal Rogers. We don't wow. know, but this is getting deep. And and mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, the people in that community are thrilled because everyone yeah. in that community has been furious mm-hmm. over this forever because it's one of those situations where everybody knows who did it. And they're just waiting for there to be enough evidence to actually arrest them. But community. Well, and it sounds like they have absolutely had it with these hawks. Yes. In Kentucky, they're, Mm -hmm. they're known, they're known as the, um, uh, Murdoch's of Kentucky. Oh God. As in Alec Murdoch. Yeah. Oh, not a compliment. Yeah. Very wealthy family has a lot of influence. People in the community feel like they get away with a lot of stuff. We don't know. You know, those are rumors for sure. But now we see a third person arrested. And it's very interesting how he's had this immunity deal and was maybe only just going to be charged with the um, disposal of the body. Now actually being charged with participating in the murder itself. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. But I know that the people in Kentucky uh, that are close to this case are thrilled to see good movement forward. And definitely for Crystal Rogers' family, um, this is good news. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah. With that, I'm going to kick it over to you for our main case. Okay. Talking today about Angel Overstreet. Uh, We've talked about Angel before uh, multiple times, Mm -hmm. but uh, there is finally an upcoming resolution to Angel's case. And so I'm going to just lay the whole thing back out because it's been a hot minute. And I think uh, Mm -hmm. we have to, to really make sense of it. So this is Angel right here. And Angel, well, I'm just going to actually start at the very beginning of Angel's life and lay it out for you. So Angel, on February 11th, 2021, Angel was born at her grandmother's home in Warfield, Kentucky, and then uh, was transported with her mother to the hospital for five days. Uh, Mom's name is Julie. On February 16th, her father takes her home. Julie gave her to dad immediately. His name uh, is Shannon Overstreet. So Shannon uh, was put on the birth certificate as Angel's father, and he took her home to raise her. Julie uh, and Shannon were not together, and Julie was uh, with someone else, was with another man, and was apparently during this time doing a lot of traveling with that person. Mm. Uh, On March 3rd, Shannon posted on Facebook about buying a brand new truck. On March 11th, this is the last time that Julie saw Angel. She visited and saw the baby at that point. On March 12th, Shannon, this is when the baby's about four weeks old, goes to his mother's home and nearly kills her, seriously assaults her, Mm. uh, drags her by her hair, throws her into a wall, various things, and 
but it seriously, seriously injures her. That this is who Shannon is. This was to his mother, Connie Overstreet. At some time in March, Shannon is forced to take a paternity test because someone else was claiming to be Angel's father. And so he was forced to take a paternity test. All the while, he's posting on Facebook all these pictures, just doing the single dad thing, acting like this is all is well in his world. Uh, even, you know, like the day before and after assaulting his mother, just posting on Facebook like life is wonderful. Jeez. Terrifying. On March 19th, Shannon posts the DNA results that were dated from March 13th that show that he is not Angel's biological father. Oh dear. On March 23rd, Shannon posts on Facebook wanting to sell his farm. On March 24th, Shannon posts that he's received a message from Angel's biological aunt who wants to gain custody of Angel. On March 14th, a paternity complaint is filed against him and the mom by Elijah Fry, the biofather. On April 23rd, Shannon posts that he received the paternity complaint in the mail and was upset. On May 1st, Shannon posts the last known photo of Angel on his Facebook. I'll show you that. I actually have a lot of things from his Facebook to show you, but we'll pull that one up right now. This photo. On May 6th, Shannon posts that he got a new smart car. On May 7th, there are this proof of text messages between Julie May and Shannon that claim that uh, Shannon left Angel with a friend to babysit for a couple of days. Bear in mind at this mm. point, this baby is two months old. Yeah. Or three months old. Tiny. Yep. Uh, on May 11th, Shannon posts on Facebook that CPS took Angel from him on May 10th. On May 24th, Child Protective Services of West Virginia contact the Huntington Police Department saying that they're following up on a custody issue. And he tells them that he'd already given Angel to CPS two weeks prior. Mm. That is an unsubstantiated claim. CPS had absolutely no record of them coming out there before that point or receiving the baby. Yeah. On May 24th, Shannon was taken into custody on charges for beating up his mother. Uh, he was charged with assault and battery, malicious wounding against his mother. Jesus. And then uh, the police start looking for Angel. So the uh, Huntington police stated that uh, May 1st was the last time that uh, there was any evidence of Angel. On May 25th, uh, that's when they uh, officially report her missing. On June 23rd, they drain a pond on Shannon's uh, custody, or sorry, property actually in Kentucky. They drain mm -hmm. it. On June 26th, the pond search is concluded. They found nothing. On In December of that year, the Huntington Police Department released an update saying that Angel's case is still active. 
in March of 2022. So now this is a year past Angel's birthday, mm-hmm. Angel's birth. Uh, Shannon is indicted by a Cabell County uh, jury for attempted murder against his mother. On January 12th, 2023, Shannon Overstreet enters a Kennedy plea in Cabell court for the charge of malicious wounding. The charge of first degree murder was dropped as a part of the plea. He also entered a Kennedy plea to a forgery charge. And that's where the trail has gone cold. Mm-hmm. There have there's been a Facebook group called Remembering Angel Nicole Overstreet that has been mm-hmm. absolute rock stars in this case. Uh, yeah. They are locals. Some of them are locals. A lot of them aren't. Those women have kept the police on their toes. They have continued to ask questions. They fundraised and put up a billboard for a missing child before Angel. They have, in my opinion, been the reason that the police have stayed on top of this. Because they just wouldn't stop. Sure. Because a three-month-old baby is somewhere. Somebody knows what happened to her. Right. And it's been really, really frustrating for the last almost three years now for people wondering, where in the world is Angel? Well, there's finally been an arrest. But before we get there, I want to share a few things from dad so this was on may 11th this is some of his facebook stuff he says so okay i'm definitely not in a good mood yes cps came and took angel yesterday and no i don't want to talk about it i'm done with family and done with everyone around here my neighbor wants to buy my farm and i'm getting the fuck out of here i think i'm gonna work my way up to california maybe i'm a bad person or bad dad i don't know but keep your comments to yourself. I'm just better off alone anyways. Because he's the victim, Mm. don't you know? Right. Like, holy shit, there was no concern at all there for Angel. No. May 24th. Okay, I'm highly pissed right now. Well, as you know, CPS in Huntington took Angel from me, and Kentucky is asking where the baby is that Huntington is saying they don't have the baby. So now Angel is missing, and how the fuck do they miss a place a baby, misplace a baby? And now they're talk, talking federal charges. Like I'm getting pissed. I need prayers and patience not to flip the fuck out on these people. Yeah. Again, it's all about him. Yeah. Stepping back to March 20th, this is around the time he got the uh, paternity results. So, yeah, this is my daughter, regardless if she's my biological daughter. I'm going to keep her and love her like she's my own. Nobody's going to come between our daddy and daughter bond, just the two of us. Yikes. March 23rd. So, friends and foes, I need some advice because this is really hard for me to make. Well, I got a message today from the baby's biological father's sister. So I guess it's the baby's biological aunt, and she wants custody of Angel. And I've already got this special bond between her, you know. What the fuck should I do? And what's the right thing to do? Because I don't know what to do, so please let me know here what y'all think. Here is where he got uh, the custody letter. 
a little pissed off today got this letter in the mail angel's biological father is taking me to court to get angel so just gotta leave it leave it in the lord's hands everything happens for a reason so maybe this is the best thing even though it hurts march 19th sorry y'all but i don't want to talk to anyone right now i'm so in my thought and in my head and yes i'm mad enough to say i'm crying but i just don't want to be bothered and this march 19th i'm the most heartbroken i've ever been y'all i was lied to and this is why i stay single totally hurt right now she is not my child and it's a a picture of the dna paternity result proving that she's not his child so he knew from the time she was about six weeks old that she she was was not his his, and he kept her and refused to work with anyone until they filed things and then but her mother i mean if her mother knew this where the hell was her mother going okay give her to me i need to figure out what i'm gonna do here but she's not yours but you see nothing out of her mother it's just disgusting absolutely useless yep and i mean i do feel for shannon overstreet in in the reality that he thought this was his child that is Mm -hmm. sad that's heartbreaking but my god what a selfish asshole it's sad but shannon overstreet should have never been handed a baby no in researching this case i found multiple posts from women saying i dated shannon for a while and here's the things he did to me he has charges he has a conviction for a woman that he held down and carved king shannon into her back oh my god two women who claim that he beat them to the point of miscarriage oh jesus Mm -hmm. he is an incredibly dangerous and violent person and he should have never ever been handed a newborn baby ever no So then, of course, you know, he puts that convenient post on Facebook claiming that CPS uh, came and took the baby. Yeah. And then CPS saying, no, we did not. Where's the baby? But then he got arrested. And so, as is, is with many of these cases, once somebody's in custody, it really slows the investigative process down, the charging process down. Because they're not going anywhere. But that's really hard for the public to take, for people who care to take. And it's been really, really problematic. But finally, on December 1st, the Kentucky State Police, this is an article that came out uh, from the Kentucky State Police. Uh, In June 2021, the Kentucky State Police were called upon to provide assistance to the Huntington Police Department in their efforts to locate an infant child. During the course of this search, authorities became aware of a potential location in Olive Hill, Kentucky, where the child might be found. Through a thorough and exhaustive investigation, sufficient evidence was gathered to enable the Huntington Police Department to secure an indictment for the arrest of Shannon Overstreet. The investigation was a collaborative effort between the Kentucky State Police, Huntington Police Department, with support from various law enforcement agencies and organizations, including the FBI, West Virginia Intelligence Fusion Center, U.S. Marshal Service, West Virginia State Police, and Child Protective Services agencies from both West Virginia and Kentucky. 
The combined expertise and resources of these entities were instrumental in the successful outcome of this operation. So essentially, patting their own backs. It's taken three goddamn years, but he is finally charged with murder. So the charges are, uh, and these, this was a grand jury in Cabell County, uh, indicted him on a charge of murder, death of a child by a parent, by child abuse, and concealment of a deceased human body. Mm. Which does finally verify for all of those who cared and were concerned and have been pushing for answers and for investigations that Angel is in fact deceased and has been this whole time. And that uh, Shannon did it, which is exactly what uh, basically everyone thought, but it's taken mm -hmm. a long time to get here. So we will definitely keep an eye on this case. Again, where he's already in prison, the wheels are going to turn really, really slow, but We'll continue to track it and keep an eye on it because um, Angel, babe, you sure deserve better. She sure did. Just really, really freaking That's sad. It's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking because every adult in that baby's life that was there to protect her didn't. Yep. Yep. She was failed six ways to Sunday. And there was mm -hmm. that bio dad's family who were desperate for her. They would have taken yeah. her. They wanted her. They would have loved her and kept her safe and taken care of her. And they weren't given that opportunity uh, because someone was so selfish that he wasn't going to let anybody else have her. Right. God, that's horrifying. Mm -hmm. We don't know yet what the, uh, what he did to her. I'm, and I don't know if that'll come out over time or not. Three-month-old's remains are, after three years, are going to be all but nothing. Yeah. But anyway, so there you go. But, you know, I have every so often I dip back into this case to see if there's been any movement. So I was really glad to see that it's the justice has finally come. Yeah. I mean, it's really unfortunate for that baby, but I'm glad Definitely. that hopefully he'll never see the light of day because clearly Absolutely. he shouldn't. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yep. Well, with that, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a racial injustice case. Yes. Let's talk about a little good news for a minute. This is Marvin Haynes. Marvin Haynes was just released from prison after serving 19 years for a murder he did not commit. Assisted uh, by the Innocence Project, he um, was wrongfully convicted of the 2004 murder of Randy Shear. Let's see. He was a teenager when he went to prison. He's 36 years old now. He was freed on Monday. Um, the judge signed an order that set aside his conviction. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the this is interesting because there's some owning up of mistake here, which doesn't happen that often. Mm -hmm. um, the prosecutor's office made a statement that uh, they agreed that Haynes had proven his constitutional rights were violated during his trial in 2005. Wow. This was a robbery that took place at a flower shop where Randy Shear was killed. Um, 
someone walked into the store and brandished a revolver at Peter's sister. Her name is uh, Cynthia McDermott. Um, she was working there and he ordered her to hand over the money and security footage that the man with the gun did. Uh -huh. um, she came out or, or Randy Shear came out from the back and said they didn't have any money. And so the intruder fired two shots. Um, McDurban managed to escape. Uh, Shear was shot and killed. So McDermott actually picked a man from a lineup that didn't include Marvin Haynes wow. as the man who did it. That man that she picked out had an alibi. So the police had to keep looking. So she, you know, didn't pick the right guy, I guess. So the police had a tip that sent them toward Haynes. Um, and then they showed McDermott a photo of Haynes that was two years old when he had shorter hair that apparently at the time resembled the shooter's hair. It wasn't even a current photo of him mm -hmm. and what he looked like at the time of the crime. So she said, yes, that was him even though he seemed shorter than the alleged robber. I mean, it was really bullshit, uh -huh. the, that whole situation. You know, they didn't even show her a current photo of him. Right. And she was basing it on his hair length. Like, come uh -huh. on. There was no forensic evidence in this case. It was all, I mean, it was all based on that witness identification. Wow. Um, yeah. So... They didn't have any video that connected him to the crime, no forensic evidence. They never found the murder weapon. They had nothing, nothing. but that very flimsy photo identification. Wow. So the, the prosecutor's office said of, of the lack of evidence that should have made any prosecutor hesitant to bring charges because eyewitness identifications are often unreliable and one of the leading causes of wrongful conviction, especially when they're manipulated like that. Sure. We inflicted harm on Mr. Haynes and his family, and also on Harry Shearer, the victim, his family, and the community, she said in a statement, and apologized for all the life experiences Haynes missed during his time in prison, which I think is kind of impressive because they don't usually yeah. take this much responsibility. No. She also said we cannot undo the trauma he experienced, uh, experienced by those impacted by this prosecution, but today we have taken a step toward righting this wrong. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So Haynes was reunited with his family. Uh, he said, it took 19 years, but I'm here. I just want to move forward and get my life back. That's it. He gave special recognition to his sister. My sister lost so much fighting for my innocence. Words cannot describe what she means to me and my family because her family, his family fought for him this whole time. They knew he didn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good on them. Yeah. So McDermott, the sister of the victim has since passed away. Oh, um, but Cheer's family still maintains that she identified the correct suspect. It's not fair. Like you can't blame this on her. It was not, this is not her fault. No. They set her up as well as setting up Marvin Haynes yeah. in using an old picture that looked more like the description she had given. I mean, come yeah. on, that's not how we do this. No. And honestly, I hope Marvin Haynes gets a million, jillion, bajillion dollars out of this to mm -hmm. support the rest of his life to be able to do whatever he wants with his life because he has lost 36 years of his life and, or not 36 years, but 19 years. Mm -hmm. He's lost his entire adulthood to this point. Yeah. 
to being in prison for a crime you did not commit. So I'm thinking the state of Minnesota is going to be ponying up big time here. Oh, I'm guessing they will. Yep. Well, I'm relieved for him that he's out and especially right in time for Christmas with his family. No, I finally get to I'm have grateful one. That, right. Finally get to have one. I'm grateful that at least for his sake, that he's only 36. We see a lot of yeah. these guys get released that have been, you know, falsely um, convicted that are in like their 60s and 70s. Yeah. He's still got quite a bit of life still to live. Still in their whole lives. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I hope that it goes well for him. I really do. We just, we just, um, you know, saw this happen in our area with Christopher Tapp. And Christopher yeah. Tapp was only out of prison about five years and died. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. I hope that uh, Marvin has better luck than that. Yeah, me too. Did uh, so they don't know who did it. No, it's an unsolved crime. It's still an unsolved crime. Yeah, because they just made up the fact that this was the guy and mm -hmm. showed her a picture that looked kind of like the guy who did it, you know, and really never solved this crime at all. So, so we just had law enforcement here that murder. just wanted to hang their hats on convictions. Or prosecutors that wanted to hang their hats on convictions versus uh, catching actual bad guys. Yeah, got it. Yeah, Minnesota, you you got some work to do for sure. And you know, we already know that to be the case. Minnesota's had a lot of other law enforcement problems over the years. Yes, they have. All righty. Well, there you go. So that is our Wednesday episode. So we will be back uh, tonight at seven p.m. for case updates and. Uh, if you're live, great. If not, of course, that always is, shows up later on the podcast and you can watch that anytime on YouTube. So mm -hmm. I will say case updates typically are our most watched episodes. So, Yes, yes, they are. People love our live streams. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Come they join us fun. live if you can. Yeah, come play in the chat room with us. It is a lot of fun and mm -hmm. interesting and it's a good place to be. True crimers are awesome. That's what yes. our true crimers are awesome. That's what I can mm -hmm. say. <laughs> I agree. I agree. All righty. Well, you guys have a great day. Thanks so much for being here. You can head over to truecrimesquad.com if you'd like to give us a tip or if you'd like to check out our merch store or see what else we have going on. That's the way to do it. So thanks so much. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.